Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I'm sitting here on a Wednesday lunchtime, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, with Dr. Millicent Ravello. We've taken a break from our patients for a moment to knock out a couple podcasts. That's right. We've got to squeeze it in where we can. That's right. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about who is not a candidate for a mastopexy. Who is not a candidate. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the Borat not joke. Not a candidate. Because this comes up so frequently. This patient is not a candidate for a mastopexy. I want to put the, I want to record you saying that and just play it to my patients. I'm like, you're a candidate for mastopexy. Not. You can use that one? Yes, that's a good one, too. I'll give you a few more? No. Could, but <laughs> yeah, seriously. It does come up. It does come up. Um, Why? And because... I get frustrated. I want my post-ops to look amazing. And I want my breasts that I do to look beautiful. And I get so sad. Like, I literally get sad. I get sad when I do mastopexies on patients and their breasts don't look beautiful. And I get frustrated because... There are patients that are great candidates for mastopexies, and there are patients that are not. And when I do a mastopexy on a patient that's not a great candidate, I don't get a great result, and that makes me sad. I don't want you to be sad. I know. Uh, your patients don't want you to be sad. They want to do well for you. They want you to be proud of them. I know they do. They want you. It's not really nice about it them. It's about me. <laughs> joking. Totally joking. But it, but in no, the, I know. I but get it's, it. It's, but in the sense that it's true, you do want your plastic surgeon to be happy because that means that they've done a good job for you. Well, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning then. Mastopexy is an operation for lifting the breast and... I'm going to stop areola. you right there. It is not a breast lift. <laughs> not <laughs> it's a nipple areolar complex lift. lift. With, with, for me, it's moving the breast up the chest wall. I do some stuff with that. Yeah, you can. Um, but I think that's the first uh, distinction that has to be made is that it's not really a breast lift in right. the sense that many patients want it to be. They, they do. They want the breast they to come go in up the and they take wall. their hands and they take it around their breast and they push it all the way up and they say, this is what I want. I want this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll need an anti-gravity gun because that's not happening. It's not happening. No. No. But you can make the breast look beautiful. Yes. So the, the, In the right patient. Okay. So, so back to that. <laughs> the ways that we can lift the nipple areolar complex and make the breast look more youthful and less droopy and saggy and and sad sad is through a periareolar mastopexy with a cut around the nipple areolar complex mm-hmm. which can lift the nipple areolar complex a bit a bit a few centimeters yeah not a lot you can do a vertical where you do a periareolar incision with a vertical component down the front mm-hmm. of the breast underneath going from the areolar complex to the inframammary fold yep. like a lollipop where the the breast meets the chest wall like a lollipop or you can do a full-on anchor scar with around the areola down in front and then in the inframammary fold that is the most gold standard you're gonna get a lift of the nipple areolar yeah. complex with that that approach every time Periareolars are very unsatisfying to me, but a lot of people want them because they don't need a whole lot of lifting and they don't want the scar down the front of the breast. And we are going to segue into a little bit of implant talk here. My initial comment is that I find that mastopexy technique works best if you're putting an implant as well. On its own, 
you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. (laughs) Yeah, like not a lot. And you got to be careful because if if you come in and you demand and say, I only want the scars around my breast and your plastic surgeon's telling you you need more, but you insist that you only want them around your nipple, you will end up with a breast that might have a higher nipple areolar complex, but that is more flat. It does flatten the breast. The higher you try and go and the more skin you try and take out through just the little incision around the nipple areolar complex the flatter the breast gets. It's right. just geometry. And that's why you need the vertical component because you're bringing the, the, sides the, the sides of the breast in, which pushes the tissue mm-hmm. out and you get more of a coning of the breast right. as opposed to a flattening of the breast. I make that explanation probably three times a week. <laughs> I, I do. And they, it's like, well, I just really don't want the vertical scar. Well, I get that. But if you want, you got to decide pretty shape, a vertical scar. A vertical scar. And here's the thing. The more skin you try and take out and the bigger of a lift you do with just a periareolar approach, the worse your scars are going to look because you're going to have more tension on that wound. You're going to have more rippling around the scar and you're going to have a thicker, uglier scar. A hundred percent. And this discussion is forgotten by all patients having a periareolar mastopexy. Yes. Oh, I told you that was kind of the deal. That's the trade-off. Oh, but I would have never done this if I had. If you told me that. Well, I did tell you, but that, I did. and we did do it. So here we are now. We can't undo it because we've done it, and we did have that discussion. Right. Uh, yeah, the 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 retention is not great about that discussion because they don't want to hear it. They, they don't, don't. want to hear that the periareolar isn't the godsend that they were looking for. It's really not. It's I mean, not the lollipop incision is sort of my go-to. Um, I think it does. It I think works. it's a great. It's a great technique. It is. Um, it does the job. You know, if, if every once in a while, I do have to convert to the anchor scar and large breasts, or you know, what have you. But even then, it's not that big a deal because no. usually, if you need an anchor scar, it's because you have large breasts, a lot of skin, and that incision in the IMF fold is gonna be hidden by the rest of your breast that's gonna hang over it. So our first patient who is not a candidate for a mastopexy <laughs> is somebody that needs a big lift who doesn't want a vertical scar. So if you need a big lift, but you don't want the scar, then you are not a candidate for a mastopexy. Not at all. That's, the scars are part of the it's deal. part of the deal. It's part of the deal. The other person, the other candidate that's out there who is not a candidate. Not a candidate. <laughs> Is the patient that has what we call pseudotosis. Yes. So pseudotosis, so tosis is the fancy word we use for when the nipple areolar complex is sitting lower than the fold in a lower droopier position right. than it should. Tosis is basically descent, descent of the nipple areolar complex right. to a position lower than it should be. Lower ideally. than it should be. And that can be from, you know, many reasons, childbirth, breastfeeding, that's just how your breasts are, age, gravity, etc. Pseudotosis means that it's like fake tosis. So the nipple areolar complex is actually in the appropriate position, but it is the breast itself that is hanging lower than the fold. And so it's kind of visually deceiving because the nipple actually looks like it's in the middle of the breast because there's some that's hanging below it. Um, But that is not something that can be fixed with a mastopexy because the nipple areolar complex is already in the proper position, more or less. What you want when you come in and say, my breasts are just sad or they're droopy or they're hanging lower, is you want to try and get that breast tissue that's hanging up onto the chest wall. And the only way to do that is to put an implant in, really. Yeah, I mean... Depending on your breast size, but yeah. I think trying to fix pseudotosis is really tricky. 
Yeah. Because you're going to wind up doing a wise pattern, you know. You're going to get a scar on the breast. You're going to get, at the very minimum, a, a vertical scar on the breast to bring in that extra tissue that's below the fold. Yeah, pseudotosis is tricky because people think that, you know, there's an operation that that's can be done pretty easily to move the gland. But you can't. You put in an implant, that's about all you got. That's about all you can do. Um, so what other patients are not <laughs> your favorite candidates? The ones that come in and tell me they want a breast lift. They want to have the perky breasts they had when they were 20 years old. And they do that move where they put their hand on the bottom of the breast and they push it up and they say, this is what I want. I want a breast lift. I can't really do that with no. just a mastopexy. The mastopexy is designed to move the nipple areolar complex up on the breast, up on the chest wall. You get a little bit of lift with the gland and the breast tissue as well, but you are not going to get superior pole fullness. You're not going to get breast up top, up high, like you want with a breast lift. It's an unfortunate name. It's not a breast lift. It's a nipple areolar complex lift. And so if that is your goal, then you're looking at an implant. Yeah, I mean, the implant... And and do you remember... I don't know if you... This may be before your time, but there was a time where people did not want to do mastopexies and augs together, you know, putting yeah. in the implant at the same They would stage them, they do the lift first, right. then come back and put the implant Surgeon in. Surgeon beware. Yeah, like, and th- there was, I, I mean, I remember a very prominent surgeon standing on the podium saying, like, if you do these things together, it's malpractice. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like, you can't say that. Like, who says things like that? Well, a pendulum has definitely swung. I would say it's pretty commonplace and routine it's totally routine to now do the mastopexy augmentation because who wants to have two surgeries you know no and you can yeah you can make it work you can make it with, work like, there's there's yeah. all kinds of approaches and we do these all the time yeah but i remember that was probably in 2002 or three that it was a very prominent surgeon who is in this town los angeles of ours and he stood up at the la society and said like that's malpractice if you do them together. And I, 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 I stood up and, of course, I was like, I a thousand percent disagree because we do it all the time. But on top of it, like, who are you to decide that? What's malpractice? Like, I'm pretty sure that surgeon is now doing mastopexy augmentation all the time. Constantly. He does tons <laughs> of them. It was a very prominent breast surgeon. So, but the thing is, is that not only is it, not only is it better in terms of result, but I think if you do them together, then you can take advantage of the implant with the lift, with the with the mastopexy, so that you're you're using the implant's power to shape the breast to oh, also yeah. help your mastopexy look better. A thousand percent agree. You're you're now shaping the skin and the position of the nipple around your implant. Yeah. So, so. it's yeah. No, I agree. But we digress. Just to recap, someone who wants to come in and get superior pole fullness, and oh, that's that's you're not a candidate not for mastopexy. A not a candidate. No, if you want to have like, you know, and this this is just like our last podcast about fat you know, fat grafting to the to the breast. Like, it doesn't look like an implant. Like, mm. if you just get a lift, if you just do a, a you know a standard mastopexy, you're not going to get superior pole no, fullness. That's not what it's designed. It doesn't no. do that. I mean, you could add some fat grafting or something like that, which I have done. I've done uh, mastopexy with fat grafting. That is good. That it I, helps. Yeah, that helps. Not, it doesn't look like an no. implant. No. And that's the thing is people like the way implants look. They say, well, I want to look natural. And they bring in pictures of all these girls with implants. I'm like, 
Okay, so you want to look naturally augmented. Right. You don't want to look right. natural because these aren't natural these aren't breasts. Natural. I'll show you some natural no. breasts and you will not want those. No. You know, you want, if they're looking for a very beautiful augmented look, that's great, but that's not what a natural no. breast looks like. And it can be small. The implant can be small. It doesn't totally. have to be an augmented, you know, fake looking breast. But if that's the look you want, you need an implant. My next patient that is not a candidate for a mastopexy is the small breasted woman who may have breastfed or for whatever reason has had involution of her breast tissue and she has extra skin, descent of the nipple and very little breast tissue. Yeah. This is not a good candidate no. for a mastopexy. It's not. It's just not. <laughs> because it's going to look like, like... It's going to look so ugh. bad. It's going to look bad. It's going to look like things happened to the breast. To the that breast are... that should never happen <laughs> to a breast. <laughs> I think Steve Martin made a, made a joke about something like that where he said, uh, I was thinking about this the other day while I was sitting at home doing terrible things to my dog with a fork. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? So I was thinking of like, what would it look like to have this mastopexy on these? I mean, they just look terrible. It's so bad. It, it's it's not good. And I guess we should, you know, say who's a good candidate for a mastopexy. Typically, it's someone that has a decent amount of breast tissue already. This is mastopexy alone. 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 No implant. No implant. Has a decent amount of breast tissue. Has descent of the nipple areolar complex. Those patients do fine. They do great. They can have their natural, beautiful breast with some scars on it, sure. but they will have probably the look that they're going for, a fuller, more lifted, natural-looking breast. Anyone else other than that probably needs an implant. Yeah. Or yeah, just I, won't have the look that they are going for. Well, and that's the thing is we don't want to do stuff that's not going to make them look good. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have standards <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want you to be sad about the work that you do. And I don't want to be sad either, actually. So, you know, I think in order to have great looking breasts, you really have to go with the recommendation of the surgeon, the surgeon. you know, in the massive weight loss patient. Oh yeah. Um, that's, that that's... mastopexy is a whole different animal. I, I mean, you, you know, there, there was also a time where they said, oh, you shouldn't use an implant in these patients. And you have to. You have to. And I actually published a paper about that, yeah. about how to use a lateral breast flap to control your implant. And it is hard because the, it's, the, hard. it's like the, the implant can go all over the place. You know, the skin, yeah. the skin envelope of the whole person is too big. And so you don't have a whole lot of control unless you do some things to make that happen. That's why I use that lateral breast flap to to kind of work with the pec to keep the the implant in position and and in fact i just saw a patient back who i did that on 14 years ago and she came in for a facelift and uh and her breasts are like they're like gold they look amazing that's great and they had the lateral breast flap she's in the paper as a matter of fact one of the one of the patients and uh and they've held up incredibly well but it's also very hard so. It's hard. There's a lot of skin. There's a lot of skin on the sides. It's one of the main problems. And there's just overall lack of volume, lack of tightness of the skin. Even once you've removed the excess, it's just not tight. And so without... The skin, yeah, the skin can be very it's elastic. It's very inelastic. Inelastic? Very yeah. Elastic. elastic. Yeah. It's just very stretchy. And so without an implant under there, kind of filling out that skin envelope, it can be an unsatisfactory result. Okay, so we kind of nailed all the not candidates. And we got the candidates. And the candidates. That right. one specific 
person out there. There's one person. <laughs> one person. And they're, they are pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't do many mastopexies alone. I, mostly, I don't either. Yeah, I mostly put an implant in or do fat grafting or something or both. Yeah. I generally, even in the ones that are good candidates, I, I typically add fat as well just because it's because I can. I'm there. Yeah. You know. Well, cool. Well, it's another round of the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty and if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform it's the way to maintain those operations if you mention this podcast you will get the members pricing for your hydrofacial the Beverly Hills plastic surgery podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.